Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, our terrain series, Deserts. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing our terrain series. Yeah. We have been on a thematic kick lately, talking about space. Yeah. Talking about cities and other types of world building sorts of episodes and tonight we figured it would be interesting to start with specific environments that your game may find itself in whatever game that happens to be for example yeah so i think we want to do this one because uh you see a lot of other terrains get a lot of love especially even now arctic terrain with Rhyme of the Frost, Frost Maiden and what have you. But one we haven't seen recently is some good old-fashioned deserts. That's right. And so we figured that we would give you guys some heavy knowledge into running a campaign, running a game, regardless of whether it's fantasy or sci-fi, Mad Max, something with, you know, Kwisak Haderach or some just, you know, Tusken Raiders. Sure. We've got it for you for tonight with deserts. But before we get to that... We've got a question of the week. Damn, Skippy. You ready? Lay it on me. All right. So you're in a desert. I'm in a desert. The thirst is excruciating. It's hot. It's Real awful. hot. Yeah. yeah. The heat. It's like a hammer on your skull. It's just pounding my brain. Yep. Sunstroke setting in, and that's when the mirage happens. Oh, God. It's, I can see it already in my... I'm hot now. Okay. So what's your mirage? All right. Well... For some... For whatever reason, and you don't read into this psychologically, but I see a Neoji... With a six pack of Corona, mm-hmm. and he's wearing a sombrero. Sure, and he's he's beckoning me to come to the oasis, and the oasis is a gigantic Las Vegas pool, and okay. it's filled one hundred percent with Bloody Marys. Okay, okay, that would be my mirage. All right. Now, what I would crave though is a sweet tea. Don't ask me why I, I, I would have a mirage of alcohol, but crave sweet tea. That's just how it is, man. Sure. I'm with it. What is your mirage? Oh, it's a tiki bar, man. Let's get real. Oh, that's, yeah. That's clearly what it it's is. It's Margaritaville, isn't it? No, 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 no. Like a like an old school tiki bar. Oh, with like grass skirts and everything? Man, full on. Like, I, yeah. I want the whole experience. Get the get a zombie drink going? Yes. Yeah, I know. And lots of, rum, lots of dark rum with that. Well, so- First off, yes, you've got high-proof drinks, but they're all, not all of them, but a lot of them are served on crushed ice. In a desert, can you imagine? Just Mm. all the love, all the joy. Plus, most tiki bars have really good food, so if you're in the desert, like, you might as well go for the twofer. It's true. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna stick with the, uh, (laughs) the the pool full of Bloody Marys. I don't know why that just is so appealing to me, and I don't know why Neoji would be wearing one of those gigantic... Sombreros, um, yeah, or or I would even go for a mariachi hat too. Okay, like I could see him, you know, kind of, kind of just strumming a guitar like a mariachi. Okay, I could actually see him dressed as a mariachi. That would be kind of cool. Like a mariachi maitre d of your Bloody Mary bar. It really would be. Pool. It'd yeah. be it'd be ridiculous, but that would be my mirage for that. Sure. And then I would die. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's what's yeah. gonna happen. Because we're both gonna end up drinking sand and. Yep, because if I'm if I'm hallucinating a 
a Neoji a spider eel with a mariachi uniform on, and there's a Bloody Mary swimming pool next to me, then I'm probably, my brain is already cooking. I'm dead. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. Do you have a mirage that you envision in your head? Have you ever experienced a mirage because mm-hmm. you have been so heat stroked? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com, or me. Matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can always find us on all of the things. Yes, indeed. Now, let's jump into the nitty gritty. Why talk about deserts? There's lots of reasons to talk about deserts. There's the whole mystery, right? I mean, deserts, for some reason, they have a, a mystique. They re- yeah, yeah, this just that. From a storytelling perspective, there is just some kind of ambiance with just running into the desert the sun is blazing hot there's a there's an army right behind you because you just there is because there is and you're just going off into the wastes and deserts are a ridiculously visual setting that you can put so many types of story into man you know the freaking uh Trist on the top of a dune with the giant full moon above and a star and the sky full of stars and yeah. right like you can definitely go the romantic route for it you can go the assassin route for it you can go like you can go what Ben Hurts route yeah. Lawrence Arabia was uh the um a thousand and one Arabian Nights yes <laughs> there's lot of course Dune sure or Tatooine Tatooine ain't you know, nothing a little, little Skywalker love going on. All, there's all sorts of just great stories. Mad Max? Yeah. He'd be a badass road warrior? You got a plane. Yep. You know, he's going to fly off into wherever the hell he goes, man. <laughs> into the sunset. Yeah. See you later, raggedy man. So, regardless of the genre that you have, deserts work. Deserts work. So it fits every genre, right? It's yep. a great terrain to mess around in. I would say, pardon the pun, it is a sandbox, if you will. Sure. I won't pardon the pun. That pun was clearly intentional. Sure. But, yeah, but whatever. It still works. Well, the imagery is self-writing, right? Like, the second you know what type of desert it is, the image sells itself. So long as you know more than two words for heat and sand, you should be pretty good. Sure. Which is better than some fantasy writers. So just keep that in mind. Let it go. Just, just, I, <laughs> I, I already know I, where your brain is. Let it I'm go, not, man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring in that up. I won't do it. There's lots of fun monsters that you don't always get to use. Yeah. There's, it's very rare to see certain monsters because they are primarily relegated to deserts. And a lot of people don't run games in deserts. I'm not going to say anything, but it starts with Psy and it ends with Onyx. Yes. Well, we all know the state of that in 5th edition, and Some, moving right someday. along. Someday. Someday. Yes, someday. Oh, well. 7th edition. So here we go. <laughs> deserts are cool. Not necessarily literally, although they can be, because yeah. you can have, you know, Arctic deserts. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's a wonderful segue into... I think we should set some ground rules as to what a desert actually is for the purposes of this podcast, at least. Sure. Now, if you happen to be a naturalist or 
biologist or honest, ecologist, anybody that's smarter. Yeah. Anybody that's smarter than us that ends in ologist, then this definition may not specifically work for you, but for the purposes of a role-playing game, this should be just fine. And I got this from mostly Wikipedia. So if you don't like this definition, go blame them. But in fact, go edit it. That's true. You could do that too. So what exactly is a desert? A desert is a barren area of landscape where little precipitation occurs and the living conditions are hostile for plant and animal life. At the most basic, right. that is what a desert is. It's just a dry ass area, hostile to life, not a lot of water, right? Yes. Now, what we traditionally see as a desert. You got a, a lack of vegetation, like you're used to, you know, generally when you see deserts, you think of dunes or a rocky expanse or even just like a sheet of ice sure but i would say i would say that most people if you were to say give me the quintessential desert sahara you, yeah the sahara desert or death valley or something like that you know so most people equate it to hot but as matt mentioned deserts can be cold oh yeah was it the gobi desert and not uh, the one that's uh cold perhaps i know i, I can't remember which desert's cold uh, so many deserts. Um, no, but I know a lot of areas in the Arctic actually end up falling under desert. Yeah, because it doesn't snow much. Right. So there's it's little precipitation. The snow doesn't go away, so it's still there, but... Yeah, it just happens to be there when it does snow. Right. So think about that. Think about what kind of environment you want for your desert campaign. Now, if you want the traditional hot-ass desert, great. Sure. But you can also have a polar region or you could have a arid steppe where maybe it's temperate. It's just dry. Yeah. Hmm. I just sorry. I had ice mummies for a second. Yeah. You know, normally you think of of dry, sandy, Egyptian style mummies, but you're thinking of like some freeze dried, cold, withered corpses. Yeah. Like the like the one they found up on the top of the mountain in Peru. Oh, yeah. Many moons the ago. Peru, the Peruvian mummies? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect example of that, right? Freeze-dried mummies. Yeah. And if you think about that thematically, right, like you're going to you're going to get a whole different just swarm of powers than you would get from a standard sandy desert style mummy. Yeah. It's just a thought. Sorry, I that's where my brain went for a second. We're it, back. It, yeah, it's okay. In in the grand scheme of things, if our conversation was a vehicle, Matt and mine would be off-road vehicles. Yes. We eventually get back to the main road. Yeah, probably off-road bumper cars for that matter. Yeah, that probably is true. Unique challenges. That's what it says on the sheet. So yes. Let's, let's try. We're going to get back on the road for a second. The desert definitely has many unique challenges that players can be struck with. Sure. And it does, and again, doesn't matter whether it's a fantasy game, doesn't matter whether it's a sci-fi game, doesn't matter whether it's Road Warrior, doesn't matter if it's some lone kid from Kaladin walking into the desert, eating some spice size glow blue, riding a sandworm, right? Sure. First off, the environment is a bitch. Yes. It's going with the sandy desert. It's hot. It's hot. Real hot. Usually. Yes. Unless it's a polar desert. Right. So the sun is a constant problem that you're going to have to deal with with regards to desert life. Yeah. 
how are you going to find shade? Because if you can't find shade, you can suffer all medley of nasty conditions. Heat stroke. That's a big one. Heat stroke will kill you. Yes. The sun blindness, you can actually be blinded by the sun, especially in the polar regions too, because the light is reflected. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds like hell to me. Not enough water and sun everywhere. That that is that's Matt's personal hell for those of you playing uh, home game. And then of course you get you know, with me with my bald pate sunburn. <laughs> yeah, God help me, man. I'd burn, burn crispy, and I'm Italian, and I still would burn. Walk around in desert without a without a cap on, my head looks like a lobster. Yes. So that can definitely kill you. So heat stroke, sunstroke, sunburn, just heat exhaustion in general. Yeah. The heat will kill you. Yes. And then the sun goes down. And then, because it's arid, all of the heat escapes and you suffer hypothermia because it's cold as hell in the desert. And while your teeth are chattering, predators are using that sound to stalk you. Because they normally come out at night because it's a hell of a lot easier to roll around at night than it is in the hot-ass desert. Right. Yep. So you get bit by rattlesnakes. Bye-bye. Or depending upon what type of environment you're in. Desert cats. Damn Tuscan Raiders come out at night, start shooting you. Yeah. Although they they are easily startled, but they will be back and in greater numbers. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that, Ben. Damn 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 scorpions in your boots. Spiders. Oh yeah. All all manner of, of uh insects and vermin. Just giant, awful, terrible spiders. Some kinds of strange lizards and birds, predatory birds. Sure. I mean, I don't think you just vultures flapping around waiting for you to die. Just waiting. Well, if you're walking around, yeah, if you're if you're crawling along the desert and you see a buzzard just kind of circling, yeah, that's that's bad times, man. It's just waiting for you. That's when you pretend to die. You wait for the buzzard to get near. Boom. Food. Yep. Just snatch it up by the neck and break it. Just wait for him to like start walking up and then you just grab him, wring his neck. Yep. I think we got too real for a second there. I, thought okay. that, I think that was a Survivor Man episode. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> All right. So another thing that can kill you is the fact that it's arid. The aridity will definitely kill you probably quicker than, than the sun. everything else. Yeah, because yeah. that's the whole reason. There's no available water without some effort. What is it? Three days without water? Yep. Yeah. So, and that's just walking around now. Yeah. Now, if you're losing water because it's arid out and it's, 112 degrees in the sun, you're going to be dead by midday. So if there's no water... Now, this isn't to say that there isn't water in a desert, because we all know that there is. Sure. But who's actually survived in a desert before? I haven't. And the other thing is, is yes, there are ways to get stores of water in the desert, but not all of them are super safe. It's true. You go into the wrong casino, man, you can get screwed out all your money well there's that yes but also uh what was it avatar the last airbender actually makes an amazing point in that right you know what i want to hear this because i I saw the whole series i can't even remember them being in a desert so one of the characters is it ang no soka okay he cuts open a cactus when they're in the desert and he finds you know the water, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that's in the bottom of the cactus. In the real world, yes, you can do that, but many cactuses have alkaloids, which are A, not great for you, but B, can be hallucinogenic. Very hallucinogenic. Yeah. 
And they actually touch on that in the show. I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm going to have to go rewatch it because it's, it's back on Netflix again. If you get a good cactus, you only trip your brains out. If you get a bad cactus, it kills you. Hmm. Because poison. I'm hydrated, but I'm just seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. I love that. Damn, I'll go back and watch that now. Thank you for that, Matt. No problem. Also, since I don't think it's anywhere on the list, hallucinogens for your party. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, you mean when we're playing or for the characters? For the characters. Okay. I mean, I'd be, I'd sure. be for either, personally. I know. So, the water loss is going to kill you, or your specifically your characters. Right. So, how can you thematically play the heat, the cold, and the water loss? So think of descriptions, because we're all about descriptions. Remember, we're not talking mechanics here right now. Right. How do you describe your player's water loss? And it could just be exhaustion starts setting in. That's a mechanic thing, right? But you could describe how it feels. How the sweat evaporating off of your skin is leaving a small cake of salt. Yeah. Could turn, could turn the heat up. In the room while you're uh, while you're describing everything, make them make them wear like a wool sweater or something. You're just sweating. You could have your game in a sauna. So like me, most places. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Matt's a polar bear. It's meanwhile I am very much a lizard of the sun. So yes. the heat wouldn't kill me. I'd be fine. Actually, you'd just speed up. I probably would. My metabolism would kick in. I'd <laughs> feel the need to eat more. Yep. Speaking, and then that, that'd kill you. And speaking of which, <laughs> let's talk about food. finding food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a lot of plant life, which nope. means not a lot of animal life. Unless you can eat cacti or little scrub brushes. What are those things? Those dust devils? No, dust devils are, you're are thinking they? of a tumbleweed. Thank you. Yes, no tumbleweeds. I don't, you know, that's something I've never looked up. I have no idea whether or not those are edible. I don't know if you can eat a tumbleweed or not. I, you know, I, I bet if you're that hungry, you'd probably try. Yeah. Uh, if it's between that and dying, I imagine you give it a shot. And you mentioned this with the cactus. Lots of things can be poisoned. Yes. So many things. You, uh, might, you might find a little horned toad under a rock. You grab and shove them in your mouth because you're starving, and then you die because yep. he's poisoned. Who knows? Eating rattlesnake, he might be, you know, yeah. the, the venom might kill you. That's... I'm I'm personally three fingers down the spine, right? Like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm not cutting in right off of the head. I'm going at least three good fingers down the spine before I start cooking. Now, this isn't food, but this is a water thing, and this is something that I uh, didn't think about until I was kind of researching desert terrain and stuff like that. There are often oases in the desert, or you if you dig down far enough, a lot of deserts have water because there's like a water table. Right. But depending upon the how the water is set up, there could be an intense high salinity. So you might see an oasis. You start cramming water in your mouth and realize it's saltier than brine. Yep. And that will then kill you faster than if you didn't drink anything. Yep. Or, However, it does at least allow you to uh, replace your salt that you've been sweating out. It's a good point. So if you, at that point, if you understand how basic desalination works, you can, you can make it work if you know. Depending upon your campaign. So something to think about as well. Yep. Now, speaking of oasis, maybe we can touch a little bit upon shelter. Yes. 
and the lack thereof in most deserts. Yeah, so a lot of deserts, the traditional ones we're thinking of, whether right. it's polar deserts or sand dune deserts, right? Like Saharan deserts. Right. You've got sand dunes and, or just a plain of like a salt flat. Yeah. And nothing else. Like you're exposed to the elements, which is why the heat and the aridity kill you. Right. If you can find shelter. Or bring with, if, you know. If you need, yeah, if, if you're you, able to do that. If you're intentionally in a desert, hopefully your your players were, were smart enough to bring something with them. A yurt. Yeah. So how can we play out the fact of exposure in a campaign? So how do you, how do you describe the fact that the very environment is the most dangerous enemy you face. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yes, you're going to have poisonous snakes and, and scorpions and what have you. But most of the people who die in a desert environment die because of the environment. Yeah. So you die of exposure. Yeah. I mean, I guess you uh, you have to get a little wordy with it, right? Like uh, the the sun is a hammer just beating on the anvil of the desert, things like that. What else you got? I would say you would use imagery to evoke the brutalness of nature. Maybe the fact that every you can't tell the distance traveled. Yeah. Because one sand dune looks like another sand dune, so. You know, in game terms, you might have a tendency to get lost. You might even wander in circles. Uh, if the sun is beating overhead after a while, you just kind of visually tune everything out. And so you really don't know how far you've walked, which would allow characters to maybe overexert themselves. Sure. You could say, yeah, that the fact that you're just exposed, it's just frying a portion of your body. And, oh, and the only thing you're craving is just a little bit of shade. Go look up some stories that feature the desert in there. Like I would say Dune is a great one. Just when they talk about, especially when the part in Dune where uh, Liet Kynes is, he's got his still suit just slashed. And so he's dying and he's just kind of walking through the desert. And he was uh, coming upon the spawning ground where the sandworms are. Right. And the, the water just kind of erupts the spice, uh, like spice bubbles or whatever it is, just kind of blows up. And he's just, he's got this like thing going on in his head, this internal monologue. Sure. And it was just really interesting, really interesting because he's calculating how long he has left to die before he's dead. Sure. But it's, it's going into like, you know, the whole fact that his, his brain's cooking and his body's wearing down, he's sweating and he can't replenish his water. It's really interesting. So you've got a lot of that stuff. We talk about like walking around in the desert. Travel can be a pain as well. Sure. If you're in a loose sand desert, have you, have you ever walked any distance in the loose, not the sand that's right along the edge of the water at a beach, but the loose sand. Yeah, run around the sand dunes on the beach is tough. That's a slog. And if it's miles on miles on miles of that, that is a long slog. If you're traveling in the day, you've got the environment to deal with, with the heat and all that. So you're having to carry extra supplies if you have them. Sure. And you're not making good time. And if you're traveling at night, you're still not making good time. Probably going to be lost unless you navigate by the stars. Sure. And of course, we mentioned, might step Predators. on a yeah, step on a tarantula, step on 
I don't know, an ant keg comes up out of the ground, bites off your leg. We're going to get to creatures in a second. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. All right. So it's more comfortable to travel by night, but it's not necessarily... Uh, the environment becomes safer, but the creatures of the environment become less safe. Yes. So it's your trade-off, right? Let's talk about how weather in the desert is far less friendly than weather most other places. I'm glad you brought that up because this is something that most people, when they're running a campaign that's featured in the desert, they don't think about, right? Because they're like, it's a desert. There's not any clouds. Right. Well... That's not necessarily the case because, yes, it's probably sunny every day. If you look at the weather forecast in Arizona, most of the time it's sunny right. until it's not. Right. And then you can get some really nasty stuff going on. So sandstorms are awful. And, uh, with, and then there's dust storms, which are finer particulates, right. which aren't just like grit getting in your eyes. It's also killing you by choking your breathing. Yes. If you want to go, and this is from the book Sandstorm in D&D 3.5, The Flaying Winds, you remember that? Yes. So you could, if you want to get you know crazy with it, depending upon the world you're, you're running. You're basically you, getting sandblasted. Yeah. Just stripped down to the bone, worn away. It's an awesome visual imagery <laughs> where you're just literally just getting worn away by this giant sand tornado. So you got everybody's favorite concept right that that 100 year rain in the desert it's going to be beautiful things are going to bloom the world is going to be a great place no no that's wrong that's what happens hours later what happens when it immediately starts raining in the desert is flash floods bleeding everywhere you run around in a canyon get a flash flood just washes you away yeah because the, the ground is baked solid, and you literally, any pitch in the ground at all, just starts a flood that, man, pull up a YouTube video. It is, it is frightening. Oh, yeah. It's nasty. And, of course, we talked about mirages before. Sure. You know, if you see an EOG with a pool full of Bloody Marys, man, you better steer Your clear. Your time is short. Your time is short. Steer clear. I'm telling you. And, of course, we mentioned the sun. Yeah. I, because the most beautiful day in the desert is a nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would also say stuff like uh, a snowstorm if you're in a Arctic polar region. Sure. Because it's going to pile up and then it's not going to go anywhere. Correct. It's just going to sit there. Let's talk a little bit about the terrain overall. Okay. I mean, obviously, you've got the S classic sand dunes. Sand dunes, yeah. Sure. Slogging through some sand dunes. Now, you could get a little bit crazier with that. You could have quicksand. You could have silt. Sure. Dark Sun had the, just the silt seas. Yeah. God, that was a great imagery. Where you just, if you fall into the silt sea, you just get. Just, you're just done. You're just gone. Just till you get all the way down the bottom. You have to walk down to the bottom, and it's just this choking, fine dust that just kills you. What an awesome, awesome thing to have. It'd be terrible for your characters, but what a great, what a great mental image. Yeah. Of falling, basically falling into like dust. Yes. They've got salt flats, which many people are aware of. Miles, just stretches of nothing, right? Yeah. Just literally with, with salt caked on the dirt. Mm -hmm. 
Now, when I think of the desert, I often like to think of like the, the wild west. Yeah, the painted desert. Yeah, painted desert. So we think of like canyons and valleys, like outcroppings. Yeah. That type of stuff. Monument well, Valley, places where the winds and the sands have done crazy things to the stones. Sure, because you've, you know, you're a huckster with some with some cards and you're trying to defeat this Manitou and you're rolling on, rolling in in yeah. the Deadlands. Sure. I love that game. I know. <laughs> it, going to Deadlands, think Badlands, right? Yeah. So just this blasted area where it's just maybe just scrub or rocky outcroppings or even like a step or something like that. Yeah, I mean, just austere beauty. Just austere beauty. You and your machine driving through the Badlands, just trying to get another, you know, another cup of diesel to make your, your car go forward. But there's these damn cannibals just driving through, and then they just capture you and strap you to the top of a, what is it, like some kind of Hemi engine or something <laughs> like that? Kind of weird-ass sure. car they've, they've slapped together. Huffing paint, you bastards. <laughs> It's a weird Witness movie. Me! It's a weird ass movie. But it was a great movie. It was a great movie. Let's talk about one of my favorite things, and I know yours, monsters. Yeah. What kind of crazy ass creatures can we get in a desert terrain? The underused kind. The best kind. There are so many de- so many desert creatures that you don't get to see specifically because they're desert creatures and people don't use them. Give me an example of that. Lamias. Oh, tell, tell, tell the audience what, an, what a Lamia actually is. So, take a centaur, but instead of a horse bottom, give it a lion bottom and... Make them pissed off. <laughs> yes. Make them real mean. Because make them just like, they capture you and then they just torture you to death. Yeah. And then eat you. And then they eat you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots of like strange creatures from the desert, whether it's fantasy or sci-fi, space... Wild reality, reality, yeah, reality. I mean, <laughs> the fucking armadillo, man. Armadillos are weird ass creatures. They are uh, horny toads. They spit blood out of their eyes. Yeah, I was, I was literally about to get to that. Yeah, man, That's... weird ass creatures. So, some of my favorite types of creatures and mats. We we've listed, of course, we we mentioned the lamias, but any type of vermin is a great thematic to throw in. Whether it's real life spiders or scorpions or what have you. Or the monstrous types. Yeah. You got giant versions of real life things. Like the antlions that yeah. come and just grab you and get you. Giant scorpions. Like grab you and get you. Giant mosquitoes. Yeah, grab you and get you. Yeah, I mean, they just call those sturges in D&D, but that's, let's face it, they're giant mosquitoes. They're big that's ass what, mosquitoes, that's what they yeah. are. If it's got more than four legs on it, it's on the table. Sure. You can just pretty much populate, just go, just go find vermin in D&D and grab it. And by the way, if you're playing something that's not D&D, say you're playing a space game, sandworms. Sure. Think of... Think of the, the giant insects from Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. You could go... You get the only good bug's a dead bug. That's right. Would you like to know more? <laughs> uh, camels. Sure. Because those are perfectly normal creatures. Any type of realistic desert life, like we mentioned, is is on the table as well. You could probably do horses. Yeah. You wouldn't survive very long in most deserts, but it depends on the desert, right? Right. Now, if we're going polar regions, you can think of where well, there's polar bears, Arctic foxes. Yeah. There's- the, Owls and- Yeah, birds of all types. Yep. Whether it's you know polar deserts or regular deserts, there's all kinds of raptors and, of course, v- you know, vultures. Sure. 
everywhere. And in hotter deserts, you've got reptiles of all sorts. All kinds of reptiles, man. And this could go mythological reptiles. You get some basilisks thrown up in there. You could go... Some blue dragons. Oh, yeah, man. Blue dragons, straight chilling. And what? Brass? Bra- brass, brown dragons as well. If you remember the Yellow sand dragons, dra- if yeah. they... The psionic versions of the dragons as well, the gem dragons. Yeah. Depending upon your campaign and or ability to alter source books. Well, some those actually exist in fifth edition again. Oh. But they came yeah, they're they're in something they're in some something specific. When they did the Sapphire Anniversary dice, I know they put out the stats for the Sapphire Dragon. I thought they put out all of the stats, but I'd have now to all they need check. to do is put the stats out for Dark Sun. Yes, and proper silence. <laughs> proper silence. So <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm now, gonna... <laughs> where there are oasis spots, you have ambush predators. So you could, while you have all of these desert creatures, you could throw in just random monsters, random natural animals from anything, any other place. I mean, literally any. place. You could have an octopus in an oasis. Sure. Alligators. Kraken. And of course, the Desert Fay. Yes. Which is, what was, was that? De- it was a. The Mirage Moolah. Thank you. That's yes. one of them. Yeah. That's the one where uh, if you stay there overnight, you become it. If you're not gone by dawn, then you are the Mirage Moolah and it is set free. That's crazy. I don't know what happens if you get multiples, though. I think, if I recall. It is set free. You are locked in the oasis, and it just kind of go wanders off. Right, but if the whole party sleeps there, do they all become mirage moolah? That's a good point. I don't know. Or is it one moolah per mirage oasis thing? Hmm. That'd be an interesting campaign to play where you're just all a bunch of mirage moolah, and you get set free by another party, and you're just like, "Sucks to be you guys," and then you start off, and it's been like ten thousand years. I would, if the party that set me free were decent people, I would immediately go and try and collect just some absolute rats, just some terrible human beings. And be <laughs> some, like, come with me, guys. Asshole raiders that are just like stealing people's water and stuff. Hey, man, I found all this water, man. Just come over here and spend the night. And then right before dawn, just walk out of the oasis. Sure. <laughs> now, we also have, of course, nasty birds. We mentioned vultures and stuff like that, but... I want to specifically go into scavenger birds and scavengers of all types. Sure. Because you're going to get some. We talk hyenas, right? Sure. Now, they may not be in the desert, but. Around in, the edges. Yeah, they yeah. yeah, like the savannah slash desert areas. And there's like jackals and stuff like that, I'm sure. Lions, tigers. I don't, no, not, no tigers. not tigers. Definitely not tigers. And not even really lions. There's not enough water to support them. That's a good point. It, again, could be on the edge of a river. Yep. So, lots of options there. Then you then you go into some of the more classic fantasy style. You've got undead. Oh man, nothing like some some crazy ass mummies or a dry lich. Yeah, mummies, liches. Like I I feel like you could also really take the time to make some desert styled undead. The Walker in the Waste is such a badass monster or a uh well like a salt zombie or something like that yeah like exactly like the exact opposite of the drowned ones right yes you take that that whole concept you flip it as something that dehydrated out on the salt flats i could see like this murder spirit which 
died by being flayed to death by a sandstorm. Oh yeah. And it's just like this, maybe it's, it's like partially incorporeal and then it summons up like a flaying wind and just rips people apart. I like the idea of basically a, a skeleton in a dust devil. That would right? be cool. Like for the visual effect of that concept. Speaking of dust devils, man, we got our favorite boys, Mephits. Sure. Get yourself some Mephit love, man. And by the way, we're not just talking about like dust methods. Oh no. If you're in if you're in like a desert area that's volcanic. Yeah, you got your lava methods. You got some salamanders too. I mean you could you your could throw wind methods. You, you could throw do. you could not just methods, you could throw anything. Any sort of elemental. Yeah, yeah. Elementals in general would be great. Imagine a giant bound water elemental that is bound there to protect an oasis. He would be pissed. Well not a, not only would he be pissed. The thing he gets to do, right? He is so enraged. She, it, what have you, is so enraged at being there. The second someone crosses the line, it finally gets to destroy something. Whatever it is that breaks the rules of the Oasis will cease to exist. There's, yeah. there's no question. Because <laughs> this thing has been stewing for a thousand years in a desert. It's just like, I get to murder. Finally. And then, of course, my favorite creatures of all type, anything that's psionic. Yes, as you should find in the deserts. Especially if you're a lone walker in the waste, just traveling. You just got out of Athos. Yes. You're, uh, you got your, a giant nightmare beast following behind you. Sure. The elephant bulldog saber tooth. Crazed halflings and a, and a, a mole. Some thrykrin, just, you know. Yeah, bald dwarves. Bald dwarves, Mithrykrin. Got Aarakocra just flying around. Sure. And everybody's psionic. Everyone. I think we're trying to tell Watsi that we want Dark Sun back. Right. And to do that, you have to put proper psionics in the game. Proper psionics. We're going to... Leave this tangent? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get off this tangent. <laughs> and in fact, we've got a lot more to talk about with regarding unique creatures and a lot more stuff desert-like, but we'll be right back after these messages. This is a commercial break. If you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service, or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. So write to us and maybe we'll talk to you. Maybe not. And we're back. Welcome back. All right. So we we're talking about monsters of the desert. Cre- creatures, because it could be animals too. Right. But now we're going to talk about a little homebrew flavor. Yeah. So you've got all these monsters and creatures from whatever source book you're playing, right? Whether you're playing Dune or, or whether you're killing Tusken Raiders on Tatooine. So let's talk about how to make some desert dwelling creatures. Sure. Let's see. I mean, obviously, an oasis ooze is uh, is where I would start. Well, I like where you're going because that basically starts with going with some sort of theme. Yeah. So, let's say ambush predator. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's obviously 
what an Oasis ooze does. It just sits there looking like an Oasis. And then when something comes to drink, it just chucks it into the middle of it and slurps it down. So Yeah. So is it part of a pack? No, I don't think no? so. Okay. But when we're talking about making a creature. Yeah. So like, uh, how does it hunt or does it hunt? Right. Is it an ambush predator? Is it a hunter? Is it even a living creature or is it a spirit? Right. Or whatever, you know, elemental, undead, whatever the hell it is. Solitary, pair, pack, herd. And you mentioned, does it eat? Does it hunt? What does it drink? How has it evolved to fill a niche in the desert? And whether it's a polar desert or hot any desert, desert any right. desert, really. Yeah, it's for it to survive, it has to have a niche that it fills. Correct. What's the relation to anything else that's in the desert? So whether other species or the nomads or you know denizens of the desert, whatever those happen to be, because if it's a particularly nasty monster, like a top predator or something like that, yeah. then it might be hunted by the intelligent creatures or because it, might, it presents a threat. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Or it might be killing everything else. And so that's a different thing. Right. It could be one of those things like, uh, take your dune, for example, right? The second there's worm sign, you get someplace else. Yeah. Well, and those creatures are a great example because they're revered as a God. Sure. So something to think about. Now, if it's something that's not a top predator, it might fulfill some niche that is useful or maybe not. It could be like a bunch of locusts, right? Sure. They're not useful. They just happen to be flying through and Locusts are delicious, sir. Well, then they always fulfill the use. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because if it's a monster. What does it taste like? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're in a part of adventures and you kill a monster and you're in the desert and you don't have a lot of food, you're going to eat it. Yes. 100%. Is it an insect? Probably tastes like crab. It either tastes like crab or it tastes like almonds or peanut. It tastes nutty. Mm-hmm. Those are your, those are realistically your options. If it's a lizard or I would say a bird even, probably tastes like chicken. Yep. If probably a, greasier, but. If it's a mammal. It probably tastes, it's either going to be pork or beef. Or rabbit. Or so rabbit. Something yeah. like rabbity. That's true. Yeah. And then everything else is variable. With varying degrees of sweetness or bitterness or what have you. We should make a fantasy cookbook. Of just We'll just go through a bunch of like monsters from, from the uh, the DMG and, and pretend we can cook them up. Sure. Or what they we think they taste like. Like, I have a feeling, personally. Someone's already done this? No, no, no. Like, Beholder's Hung, right? That's, that's going to be mad tacos right there. And think about how big it is, because that's really the only muscle they use, that and the little ones to move their eye stalks. But mm. I'm just saying, just saying you can make some great lingua tacos out of that. That would be pretty tasty. But have you made lingua tacos from a beholder before? Or do you have a recipe for some kind of mad <laughs> tacos? Write to us, because I want to know. <laughs> I know there's a couple of D&D cookbooks, but it's all using like real world ingredients and stuff. Yeah. And there's a game. I can't remember what it is. There's a there's an RPG where you literally, you go and hunt monsters and cook them. Nice. There's also a video game that does that too. All right. We're getting off topic once again. Yes. Because it's what we do. Now, we've talked about unique monsters, unique creatures. Now we move on towards intelligent creatures and unique cultures. Correct. It's very important to 
understand why certain cultures would live in a desert. Right. Why are they there? It's, you know, it's, it's not like you just roll up on a desert and you just see, oh, look, there's a town there. No, they usually, and if you guys have been listening to our city building campaign, there's a fucking reason why there's someone there. It's a water source. There's a food source. There's a mineral source. There's something important there. Yeah. Cities don't spring up out of nowhere for no reason. Even if it's a bunch of outlaws that have to get the hell out. Yeah. They're going to, if they're going to stick around in a particular location, there's a reason. Defensive even. is yeah. another. Is it's like a, a French foreign legion post. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, so here are a couple different types of, uh, cultures that we think are kind of interesting and they're, they're just, you know, typical trope type stuff. Yep. And they're actually, so we are trying to take care not to blatantly rob a specific culture, but the reason these cultures exist is because they are the type of cultures that develop in the environment we're discussing. Sure. So right. nomadic cultures are often a, a typical tropes, like the, the desert nomads. Sure. And the reason for that is because you travel from location to location, either as traders. And or, or you're following a food source. You're following a food source. You're following a water source. Sure. Because yeah. you can't stay at an oasis forever. You're pulling more water out than is being replaced. And so... Some nomadic tribes are going from water source to water source to water source so as to never actually bleed any given oasis dry. Mm -hmm. Now, that works on any type of game, fantasy or sci-fi or what have you. Yeah. And one of the things that a nomadic set of tribes or traders even is you might be able to buy stuff from them or you might get killed by them. And so the culture we were discussing is a group of nomadic traders that are on a schedule. And they do traveling fairs at a specific time slash date, whatever, from place to place to place. And all they do is they come, they set up camp, they have a huge trading fair, they buy as much as they sell, mm -hmm. and then they move to the next place. That sounds great. It's a perfectly logical structure for a desert nomad. Yep. Now, on the opposite side, you might have a civilization or species or what have you it's monsters or whatever intelligent creatures there are that aren't nomadic. They stay in a particular area. Right. Of course, you've got to know how have they adapted to the life in the harsh environment. Sure. Now that could be, I've got a water source or I've got thick skin that protects me from the desert heat. So it could be a particular species that is in, that has, maybe they have scales, right? To, to keep in water. Or it could just be that they are able to, they have a particular technology, whether it's a layered clothing to keep all the sweat in or still suits, right. or they're near a water source, or they have some form of shade. Maybe they live underground, they come yep. out at night, just like Chud, tear you apart limb from limb. Who knows? There's a reason they live in the desert, right? And sure. how have they adapted? Now, talking about Chud, cave dwelling societies. Right. And this isn't just, oh, I live in a cave, I'm a Neanderthal. No. No, no. No. Neanderthals are not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about cave societies exist in the world or did. Well, and cave city, like the, the Cappadocia Mountains, right? Where they had whole mountains dug 
or whole cities dug into mountains. Uh, the city of Petra is a huge cave city. Sure. Easily defendable. Yeah. It's outside of the elements. There's generally water the deeper you dig. It's far more temperate than the surrounding area because the thermal mass of having a mountain around you. Survives radiation if you get bombed. I'm just thinking sci-fi here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or even, not even sci-fi, but post-apocalyptic. Right? Sure. Like, oh, yeah. If you go Mad Max on that, yeah. yeah. Have some bunch of cave, cave folk. We've got raiding cultures as well. Sure. Which... Everybody knows, you know, the Raiders, it doesn't matter whether they roll up on horses, camels, monstrous ant kegs, or cars, in the case of Mad Max. Right. They they all want something. What do they raid for? Are they raiding for resources? Are they raiding for, you know, fertile men and women? Right. So, <laughs> uh, it's funny, um, a game that I pitched recently, somebody said, give me a old movie or bad movie and pitch it as a role-playing game. Okay. My argument was ice pirates, mm-hmm. but set in a D&D desert. It's literally people who come and steal water because it's the most valuable resource. I love that idea. That'd be great. Bunch of water thieves. Yeah. you could You could totally run that. <laughs> We've got a bunch of other ideas, too. Some of these, you know, you've got the solar worshipers. Sure. So there's all these religions that are dedicated to the sun. And the sun was, you know, if you look back on your history and stuff, worship of a sun god was pretty much ubiquitous with... The rise of civilization? Yeah. I mean, whether it's Helios or Ra or whatever it is, right? There's a lot of sun love, right? And now, in contrast... Yeah. In contrast to that... You can also have worship of elemental powers. Sure. Or star worship, which is another, yep. which was before sun worship, I believe. I don't know. I, 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 I'm willing I, to believe you. I, I, I haven't. I'm going to pretend that it is because I can't remember if it is or not. Okay. That works. So you could have some kind of interesting religious society based off of the sun or some kind of celestial body or the, the, the harsh elements of the desert itself. In fact, that would also make a really interesting uh, nomad society, right? Is like their their travels are basically a constellational pilgrimage. Sure. That could be pretty cool. That would be very interesting. But, okay, sorry. I interrupted. But once you go back to your sun worshipers and all that, you got to start talking about the other thing or one of the other things that deserts are super well known for ancient civilizations, ruins. Yes, indeed. So what do we know about these ruins? What do we know about these ancient civilizations? Depends on what you got there. So it could be that there once was a fertile Valley that a huge civilization grew up around, but an earthquake, whatever rerouted the river. And all of a sudden, this whole area just dried up. The desert came through and claimed it. And read a couple of Nether Scrolls, think you're badass, and you go to a war with the Pharaoh, and, and all of a sudden your whole damn civilization is a big-ass desert. Yep. And a couple of your cities end up in the plain of shadow. And you pop up on Earth, build a fucking Stargate. Next thing you know, 
All those people you subjugated rised above and buried your Stargate. See what you get? Yep. So what happens, man? So lots of ancient kingdoms, ancient civilizations, and this goes into ancient tech and ancient relics, whether sure. it's magical or ancient science. Ancient magic, ancient. Yeah, all that wonderful stuff. Buried evils or treasures. Yeah, or yeah. both. Evil treasures. Unburied damn mummy, he's going he's gonna to rot your face. He's going to mess you up, man. Or you have some kind of really cool legacy item, whether it's an alien artifact or some kind of magical artifact, and now you've unleashed, I don't know, what, what, what have you unleashed? Hell? Right. Or maybe you've, all of a sudden, the desert becomes a blooming fertile valley. Yeah. Maybe you've picked up an ancient Jedi holocron. Yeah. And now a whole bunch of people are after you for it. They're gonna get you, man. You gotta you better build that double sided <laughs> laser sword, man. You gotta get that lightsaber action on. Otherwise, man, it's it's gonna be bad Lights news out. for you. Yeah, it's bad news for you. You're gonna have to figure out how to make a plaid lightsaber. Absolutely. Now, when we're talking about ancient civilizations, we can also talk about exploration of those, and that's a fun trope to jump into because you can meet existing cultures along the way which will help you explore the ancient civilizations. And sure. I think that's really interesting to kind of go back and forth between. Alternatively, it could be an ancient civilization that still exists today. Yes. And that means it has a very rich history, which means as a storyteller, guys, whether you're a DMGM, whatever the hell you want to call yourself today, you better come up with some of that ancient history. Yep. How long have they been kicking around? You got uh, Empires of Mystery written down here. Correct. So one of the things I like about the concept of an empire of mystery is what if you've got an empire that was overtaken by the sands and buried but didn't cease to exist? Hmm. So like a desert Atlantis. Yes. I like that idea. That's cool. And so that would be pretty cool. Um, the, That would be obviously require some type of magic or technology that we don't have. Correct. So what is that? How do we get this thing moving along story-wise? Yep. Speaking of stories and stuff like that, there's a lot of really fun desert themes you can explore as a storyteller. The desert is full, full. of very specific themes. Super full. Yep. We're just going to go over a couple of them briefly, but first off, obviously, the theme of travel. You got to get from here to that. Nobody stands still in the desert. That's dumb. No. And so the <laughs> encounter might just be, you got to get through the damn desert. Right. And deal with everything we talked about before. Monsters, cultures, and the harshness of the desert. Yeah. Maybe you're chasing someone through the desert. Ooh, a chase. You're either being chased or you are chasing others. Now, this could be a chase scene. Yeah. Which is the whole, you know, Fury Road premise. Sure. <laughs> One damn car chase, right? Or you could be on the run, yeah. which is another great idea, right? Maybe you were wanted for some crime you didn't commit. and so you have Or to, you probably did. Or you probably committed it. But maybe you didn't commit it, and you had to load up your van full of a bunch of ex-military people. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for missing the A-Team reference, sir. My bad. It's okay. I was just beating you over the head with yeah, it. You, it's no big deal. I got there. Okay. Let's talk about some other themes. Antiquity, man. Oh, yeah. The theme. Okay. So explain that. So you've got the ancient things that were swallowed and then uncovered, mm -hmm. right? Like so just things lost and they're now found. Right. This ancient evil relic now popped up in a curator's 
museum. Yeah, museum, treasure box. I was thinking and it popped up in his hand. <laughs> just bloop. You know, he's just walking along. He's got his metal detector. Oh, dear, look at this. I found myself a relic. And then he just, and then he just turns into a lich. Starts fucking shit up. There's a scorpion on this bracelet. <laughs> oh, dear. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so maybe your group is in the desert just to hunt for ancient loot and magic, right? Yeah. Like, just, I need a copy of the Nether Scrolls. I'm just saying. The search for more money. Yes. <laughs> Secrets that could save the existing society. We go back to ancient civilizations. Maybe they had more powerful technology or more powerful magic or, or just, maybe they just knew some secrets yeah they just knew some stuff they knew how to cure something like a disease or whatever the hell it is and you got to get into the desert you got to find that ruin and you got to dig up that ancient wisdom they know where there's a giant underground ocean that you can just tap into have wells that last forever yeah good stuff struggle is a great theme to go explore sure the the balance between land and sky you know the Either the heat or the blinding sand or, you know, I mean. So you're just talking basically, and this could be, this would be a great horror trip where you just like, you play a horror game and you just dropped your ass in the desert. Sure. Or it could be just a, yeah, just, what is it? The classic. The uh, tremors. Man, the, well, tremors. Uh, okay. That'll work too. Oh, I don't know where you're going. Where I you was going? going with like the classics, you know, like, was it man versus nature type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Tremors. Okay. Man yeah. versus nature. That's, sure. That's what that is. Damn sandworms, man. Getting you every time. Fucking Tuscan Raiders trying to shoot you as you're just pod racing. What's, I mean, the desert is harsh. It's, struggle. Yeah. It's all about struggle. It is. Oppressive societies is another good example. Yeah. We've got, uh, the opposite side of that is also true though, right? The freedom of the desert. Right. You sure. just go. Just go. Pick a direction and go. And that's very much ex- exploration. Yep. And and we say expression, obviously physical exploration or physical oppression, but it could also be mental or emotional. It depends on the story you're running. Sure. We're actually about to step over to that. That, yeah, was, and, that was a great intro. What well, it's important to, to, to denote that because a lot of times, you know, we're not being literal with a lot of this stuff. We're not trying to be. Right. You should explore the ideas because even if you don't have the desert physically in a game you can use the metaphor of the desert in your game right my emotions are dry as the sahara i don't know i don't know about that one uh, maybe not yeah. all right uh magic there's lots of different ways to play magic yeah and so you could do some fun exploration of different types of either and science too sure solar power it's a desert ta-da <laughs> sure We've even, even uh, we terrible humans have, have started working out that deserts aren't completely useless. You know, when we talk about magic, you know, the desert has a flavor of mysticism that oh, yeah. you don't. You know, Young guns, man. Sure. That's that's a great example of that. Or. The whole spirit journey. Or, you know, in second, uh, second and third edition, the Shadow Dancer. Yeah. Was was very much had a very much like desert motif to it, or fire based magic, air based magic, those types of things. The whirling dervish, yeah, um, yeah. which was technically a combat uh, a melee class, but it had mystical flourishes. And of course, the uh, the clerics of the elements in Dark Sun. Yeah, really need to bring that game back. 
I don't think we've said that enough. Yes, we miss Dark Sun people. Speaking of which, the powers of the mind. Yes. <laughs> psionics. Bring back psionics. Like, actual psionics. Moving past that, uh, the magic of wind and sand. Right? You've, you've got uh, a lot of real-world mythology that you can lean further into that perhaps is less often found in current deity iterations sand sail or something like that well for one thing but also let's let's lean into the the gin nobles and right your your calimports and what used to be alcadim but no longer is um and in some cases for good reason yeah but <laughs> a little dated lean into some of your other options well when you think wind and sand or the magic of that you could and the magic of the mind you go you know, I'll use another Dune reference, you know, the whole precognition is a, is a, is a big thing or dream interpretation is another big trope and theme. Yep. Of course, Jedis. Sure. Which are basically sand wizards. They're space wizards. Space right? wizards in sand. I see them very, I see them as very sandy over everything. Else. I don't think so. Because of the robes. Sure, man. They look like, they look like sandy ass robed wizards. You tell Yoda Later. that, Mister. I lived in the swampiest oh, well, swamp, he's, whatever right, swamp. Right, whatever. Okay. You know. You know what Yoda can do. I do. He can do everything. Yes. That's right. That's what Yoda. I'll can let do. you have him. But I'll baby let you Yoda is cuter, except for his name. All right. Uh, we also have the theme of time, because the desert often represents the ageless or things that are worn away by the sands of time, like sands of time in the hourglass. Sure, but the desert itself is ageless correct it, the sahara looks how the sahara looks and this is something you know concepts of change because the sahara has grown from what it was yes. concepts of what remains forever so we talked about like eternal civilizations and ancient magic and all that stuff lots of cool things and themes to explore and of course cosmic destiny brother yeah in a place where you can see all the stars, you've got to know that there's a plan. I am the Kwisak Haderach. Yeah. So hopefully these will help you flesh in, pardon the pun, a barren and dry game into something that is a little bit more vibrant and interesting story-wise. I'm with it. I, I think uh, we should run down a short list or a quick list of maybe some story options that people, you know, hooks or concepts that people can use using like the desert tropes. Yeah. Yeah. I like this idea too. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's rattle off a few ideas that maybe the listeners at home can incorporate into their game. So just give me some examples. All right. So you've got a thing of great value, whether or not it's a uncovered city, a tomb, whatever, right? Uh, is in the middle of the desert and adventurers have to get there and retrieve it. Sure. Got to find something, got to retrieve it, got to brave the monsters. Love it. And get back. Okay. Uh, here's one. Uh, rumors of a large oasis or a spring. Maybe it has some kind of like particular powers or something like that in the oasis or is just the oasis. It sends expeditions into the deep desert to claim the land. Yeah. I, if all of a sudden something like an actual large body of water opened up in a desert in especially in a fantasy world right all of a sudden you're talking about habitable land being created yeah magic something, so, something ill is at foot 
Or something awesome is afoot. That's true. Could be awesome. I just, you know, half empty guy. Market day has come and gone, and the traders that have, in recent memory, never skipped a day are missing. Oh, they got killed by that damn mummy again. <laughs> Stupid Tuscan Raiders just keep shooting people, man. They won't let them go anywhere. The players ply their trade at combat by protecting a caravan through the waste. This is a classic trip, right? Yeah. I've got some goods I got to get through this damn desert waste to get to the major city of X. Right. Caravan guards. You guys look like you're good at killing things. Come follow me. And that is how we will get you to City X. And that's how you level a character. Right. A plague of insects attack a small village. Sure. And that, that's it. That's all you got. That's all you need for that, man. Plague of insects. Where are the insects coming from? Here's one. An ill wind blows from the dunes. And the sand, maybe, let's say the sand is colored red. Mm-hmm. And its very touch causes people to just waste away, like withers them away. That's pretty awful. That's awful. Somebody, obviously. Magic. Let a mummy out. Some, yeah, somebody let a mummy out. Damn mummies. Every time. Speaking of which. <laughs> An ageless tomb has been disturbed, bringing forth horrid things in the night. Like mummies. And other things that associate with mummies, like necromancers. Sure. Like weiss and ghasts and... What you got? Uh, I will say a water well has been broken. And we'll say it's been broken a couple of times. And some form of reparation must be made, which is kind of like the old story of either rivalry or honor. Yeah. Nice honor. So something must be done. Or we can even go as far to say as the specific device that lets our civilization live has died. And you must journey into the desert waste Surviving mutants and radiation to bring it back. Fallout? Sure. I haven't played Fallout, but I believe you. Oh, I can't believe you haven't played that game. An ancient city is uncovered in a recent windstorm. Ooh, time to go explore and die. An army of what have you, an army of undead, an army of warriors, an army of raiders, an army of insects, goblins, lizard people, doesn't matter. Sentient Jesus. Yeah. An army is headed towards town, and there's a dust cloud to conceal the army, so the adventurers have to explore whatever the hell's about to attack the town. Maybe the dust storm is the army. Could be. Yeah, damn methods have all gathered together. <laughs> Just an enormous dust army. Yeah. That would murder a town. That'd be awesome. <laughs> what are some other ideas? Characters are on the run and have to flee into the harsh unknown. Yep, fleeing from something. What are they fleeing from? Who cares? They're fleeing into the desert. they got to survive it. Maybe they have limited resources, or maybe they've got full packs of everything. And they're in, still going to die because it's a big Yeah, including maybe the daughter of the mayor or something like that. You, you never know. Players must locate a device from a precursor civilization. I have to know, was what? that an intentional Beastie Boys reference? <laughs> Like, I know it's the sheriff's daughter, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I'll never tell. Okay. Players must locate a device from a precursor civilization that can defeat the evil plaguing their country or city or whatever it is. Another classic trope. Yeah, little fifth element action there. Yes, multi-pass. Yes. It's love, guys. The fifth element is love. Okay, um... Super green. Those who brave the desert heat 
for a lunar cycle, come back with strange powers. Survive the desert, walk off with six-pack of mushrooms and uh, a clear head, clear conscience. And strange powers. Strange psionic powers. Clear conscience might be strange psionic powers for a lot of people, man. And (laughs) finally, a powerful spirit of the waste, maybe an elemental lord, has escaped confinement, and the characters must hunt it down and bring it to justice or... Put it back in its box. Yeah, destroy it. Destroy it. Rebottle it. it whatever. Use it to build a new civilization. Yeah. Pa- you know, it's a yeah. powerful elemental lord. It's, it. it's powering my wheels of of and gears, steam engines now. Sure. So those are just a couple ideas that you can use in your campaign or your story, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever the hell it is. Replace magic with science or aliens, yeah. and you've pretty much got the same thing. Hopefully, those will help make your stories. Much more fun. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we covered deserts fairly well. I think we have beat it to dust. <laughs> Did we miss something in our desert terrain series? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com. Or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. You can find us on all the things. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitch occasionally. We, in fact, are. We've got all kinds of places you can reach us at we also have a discord channel if you want to just chat with us directly and of course we'll probably be on something tomorrow as well and goblinscorner.com where you can buy delightful merchandise indeed that's all the time we have for tonight i hope you enjoyed this episode once again my name is eric and i'm matt we'll see you next time good night the goblins corner is written and produced by eric holden and matt staples the music is by the mighty D20. This has been a subterranean production.